Okay, so there's uh, fascinating <laughs> Rashi. Which I want to learn something very, uh, very interesting from. So when the when the Jewish people approached the Yamsov, they were being chased. At a certain point, Pari and the Egyptians began chasing them. And as they began chasing them, it came close to the Yamsuf. And they, it says that all the chariots of Mitzrayim and the, their animals were with them as they approached the Yidden. So comes Rashi, and Rashi asks the following question. How is it possible that they had animals? Where are the animals from? If you remember, if we go back in the story, there, um, Rashi says, If you say it was from the Egyptians' animals, it couldn't have been, because it says that all their animals died. Right? There was a plague, Makas Dever, that killed all the, they killed the animals. There was Barad. The that were inside. Oh, yeah. um, and if you say it was from the Yidden's animals, they, the Yidden clearly said multiple times when Pari wanted to send them, and he said, I'll send you, but not the children, you, but not the animals. They, they said clearly that they need the animals. The animals went with them. So where were the animals from? Rashi says it must have been, like AJ said, from those people, from those people, the Egyptians that were God-fearing. They were, sir, they were amongst the Egyptians. So there were Egyptians that were God-fearing. Where do we see they were God-fearing? Because when it came to the plague um, of the, the, the Barad, the, the hail that fell that, that, that uh, hurt everyone, so it's, um, it w- it, Hashem said, Hashem instructed that any, any of the Egyptians that will bring in their animals, their animals won't be harmed. And you can imagine there were some that didn't believe in God's power and they didn't, they didn't listen. Those were the worst of the Egyptians. But there were of those Egyptians that uh, realized what was going on. They knew that there's a God of the Jews that's, uh, that's, that's uh, um, harming them. And they knew that it was going to happen. So they listened. And they brought their animals inside. And their animals were saved. And Rashi says it was of those animals that they were able to, that they had with them, those animals that were left, that they brought with them to chase after the Jews when the Jews left by the Yamsuf. So, right? That's, that's the answer. But now, then Rashi continues and he says that we find, we, we can take a very interesting uh, um, takeout from here. The takeout from here is that even amongst the Egyptians, there were great people. There were people that trusted great and believed people. in God's power. Great people? Kosher, Mitzrayim, whatever, not great people. There were people like that were more... Makas, it's like nice party. <laughs> <laughs> After seven makas, someone has... Okay, wow. Okay, yeah. he took his, uh... And even these people that were, that were kosher, Shibbim Mitzrayim, they were also killed. And then Rashi continues, and we find the same by, by the Nechashim. Toiv Shibbim Nechashim, that also by the snake... The snake well, that made that seduced that got Adam and Chava to sin. That snake was, so to speak, the Toiv Shabbat Nechashim, um, and the snake also was was killed, was harmed. And it, uh, and th- this is this is Rashi's interpretation, and and this very simple. I think there's a beautiful lesson that this that this can, that this teaches us, and something very practical, um, something that uh, in in Hasidic teaching. It's something which is uh, spoken about a lot, which is 
that we call, we, 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 have, a, we have a Yetzirah, we have something, that, something inside of us that is constantly trying to catch us and constantly trying to get us to do things which are inappropriate, do things that we shouldn't be doing. And it's very clever. And this right. force inside of us, which is very clever, sounds, um, like, it sounds a lot like a rabbi. Chassidim, <laughs> Chassidim explained that this, this force inside of us can sometimes come as a Chassidish Yetzirah. Could sometimes come as a very pious and very, um, it seems like coming with good intentions. This force inside of us could sometimes come with good intentions. Kosher should be Mitzrayim, Taif should be Nechashim. It could sometimes come and, uh, and give off the image that it's uh, looking, for, looking out for your own good. And it has a piece of good advice for you. And the piece of good advice that it's giving you is going to take you in the right direction comes the, the, the lesson here that the Torah is teaching us that yes, even amongst the Egyptians, there were Kosher Shebe Mitzrayim. Even amongst the Egyptians, you had those people which were, which, which uh, in their actions at some, uh, sometimes can give off the image and the impression that they have good intentions. And they build their believers, so to speak. But even those people don't get fooled by them. They have the same hatred towards the Jew as the Egyptians, which didn't express the type of belief that they express. They may have believed... Be a little more evangelistic with this one. Get some... <laughs> they, may, they may have shown some sort of belief, but even showing the sort of belief that they, that, that they expressed and that they showed, um, they were clearly still Egyptians. Egyptians which um, hated the Jews as much as any of the other Egyptians. And this is something... Because at the end, their animals were the ones chasing them down. They, they allowed the animals to come, and from the start, not just at the end, from the start. But that's why they saved them in the first place. What do you mean from the start? Before the plagues, they were part of the Egyptians, which were part of the whole scheme, trying to get rid of the Jewish people, to torture the Jewish people. Meaning that, yeah, uh, during the plagues, they may have shown some sort of belief, but from the beginning, they were of those that were, that were oppressing and making the Jewish people suffer. And they can't fool, and fool anyone by the fact that they're expressing some sort of belief. And it's very powerful because it's, it's, it's sometimes very difficult to discern. Sometimes very difficult to be able to differentiate one is, one is uh, um, something coming from a good place. One is uh, only good intentions. And one are their negative intentions. One is, one is this, this force inside of me trying to catch me. Because sometimes you can have this, uh, this force inside of us telling us to do things which, um, which seem to be very, very good on the surface. Seems Sounds be... a lot like a, a wife. <laughs> yeah. What is this marriage lesson? What is this? It's, is this it's, a, it's lesson to... Oh, sounds exactly like this woman thing. The wife the, thing. So there's a very interesting, I think it's a Yem Yem, there's a very interesting source that explains how exactly are we supposed to differentiate. Meaning, if we're saying that this force inside of us can sometimes come to us, we say clothed in a Zayden Ezupitza. We say sometimes this, um, this force inside of us could come, come um, dressed in the most uh, religious uh, and, uh, clothing could come dressed in the, in the most, uh, looking like, like a real religious figure, and could come to us and persuade us and get us to do things which, are, which will lead us down the spiral staircase, which will eventually lead to the worst things. And uh, we say, Every, it starts with a little, a little at a time. But how are we supposed to differentiate? How are we supposed to know when this force inside of us, what it's telling us to do, is it somewhere that's going to take me to a good place, or is it something that's going to take me to a negative place? Because sometimes it's telling me positive things. It's telling me instead of sitting down and learning now, go outside and you need to go run, you need to go play a sport because that sport is going to get you to do something, going to get you to a better place. Or instead of 
um, instead of doing something, uh, spending time with your family, you need to go right now and spend a few extra hours in the, a few extra minutes in the office. I mean, how am I supposed to know um, when it's coming from a good place, when there's good intentions, and when there's negative intentions? So um, one of the uh, one of the ways of knowing is in in the in the long run, where is it taking you? Is it taking you to do? You have to look at the action, the the active outcome that's that's coming out of this decision you're about to make. Is it going to lead to me doing more good things, or is it eventually going to pull me back and lead me? Pull me, pull me away from actively doing good things? Is it eventually going to lead me to actively doing negative things? And the action sometimes is what tells. Yeah, the, in, the, the negotiations and the thought process behind it sometimes can really catch you and can really make you think that there's good intentions and it's taking you somewhere good. You have to be able to, to look closely and see what are the actions that are going to come out of this. If I see the full play in front of me and see how, what exactly this is going to lead to, will it lead to good actions? Is it actually going to get me in the long run to be involved in doing more good things? Or is in the long run going to lead me to perhaps doing negative things? And that is sometimes the deciding factor. Um, realizing if it's going to take me, if it's actually going to result in good actions or negative actions. That's more an intention. Yeah, sometimes the intention could be clouding, it could be confusing. We're saying you have to look at where it's actually going to lead to, the action that it's going to lead to. So it's a powerful lesson from here, and the lesson is yes, there could be Koshu Shabim there could be Toy Shabim Nechashim, there could be Achsidashi Yetzahara, something that comes in. Um, in interesting figures, and this is uh, we can find this in Rashi's words. Rashi is very specific on the words he used by Toiv Shabin Hashem. What should we do to, to this Toiv Shabin Hashem? What should we do to this snake which comes and appears as being good? You got to completely destroy the brain. He doesn't say get rid of it, kill it, or, or take it out of your life. He says you got to get rid of and destroy the brain. Because that is what's really getting at you. Sometimes it's the, the thought process behind it, the negotiations with you, and the, the interesting um, uh, talking and the, 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 the brain trip that it takes you on, which pulls you in and catches you and gets you involved and gets you in the trap. Because it convinces you and you can persuade and you can persuade yourself, you can justify yourself and things that you're doing. So this is where it teaches us, don't get involved in the justification and the negotiation and the thought process. Get rid of that. Look at the action. Look at the active outcome. What's going to come out of it? Is it actually going to lead me to doing good things? Or is it going to lead me to actually doing this? The action is going to be negative things. And that's a way of differentiating. And there's an interesting story, 